Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Today on this fourth Sunday after Epiphany, we have two separate stories from our gospel pericope. One is the calming of the storm by Jesus on the sea, and the other is the casting out of many devils from two men in the land of the Gergesenes. These two stories are both about the authority of God present in Jesus Christ. The epistle from St. Paul today is addressed to the church in Rome, telling them about the authority structure to which under which they find themselves, and assuring them that that authority could not be in place were it not ordained by God. So, from the epistle and the gospel today, the church is telling us that ultimately God is in control over all authority from man, over the powers of nature, and over the machinations and workings and powers of the spiritual realm. That is the key point to take home today is the understanding of the authority of God. But in all of those cases, <laughs> there is initially uh, some struggle and strife from the followers of, of God. In the epistle, St. Paul is having to assure the church in Rome that the authorities uh, that are a threat to them and that are persecuting them and that are currently even holding St. Paul in under house arrest are yet ordained by God to be there for the time being and are still subject to God's authority. The authority that Jesus demonstrates over the, the winds are because he exercises his authority because the winds have become a threat. And the authority he shows over the spiritual powers are themselves powers afflicting a man or two men, depending on the story, uh, which gospel is telling the story. Now, why is it that we have to trust in God's authority in the midst of, as our collect uh, for the day puts it, so many and great struggles? Our frailty means that we're subject to trials and subject to pain and subject to hurt and worry. We can't stand up under these things all the time under our own. In fact, we know that these powers out there in the world actually will crush us sometimes. There have been plenty of people who have died at sea because storms have risen. There have been people who have been so afflicted by evil powers that their lives have been all but ruined. There have been people who, under the authority of man, have been persecuted and even put to death. St. Paul would be beheaded by the very authorities that he is assuring the Christians in Rome, that they need to uh, do good works under while being good subjects of. So why, why is it that we live in a world where we have to trust in God's authority, but we don't always see it triumph over the powers that rage? I think what we're seeing in these stories are demonstrations that God's power is ultimate and that it can be trusted in in the end. In this world, those three power authority, those three structures, the, the powers of nature, the, the chaos that was 
uh, had to be subdued and that the spirit um, brooded over in order to bring life out of it, that the word of God imposed order upon in order to create the cosmos in the ordered state that we see it. That power is still just waiting to, to be unleashed again. In fact, we see God hand over nature to decreation sometimes when things get bad enough. The story of the flood and, and uh, Noah and his family in Genesis, that's a story of God letting the chaos inherent in creation come back up to the surface and, and wipe something out in response to sin, in response to man and angels actually rejecting God's authority. And so we see the, the chaos come back. Sometimes God will allow power structures to punish um, wicked people because they, again, have abandoned the authority of God. And sometimes God in history has let the powers of the spirits who have rebelled against him exercise their power over other wicked spirits or wicked men as a punishment and chastisement in order to hopefully bring them back. And so we see God let these things bubble up, usually with the express purpose of drawing us to repentance and desiring to trust in him even more. The disciples in the boat would never have known Jesus' authority had God not allowed the storm to test their faith. The man uh, who was freed by demons and the entire town that saw what happened would never have known the authority of God had they not seen what Jesus did. And the Christians in Rome would never have known what it would mean to trust God all the way to the end had St. Paul, who is urging them to uh, be subject to these authorities, had not trust God all the way to the end by letting those authorities lop off his head. <laughs> so all of these instances are tests of faith. It's not that God has forgotten that he should be exercising his authority. He is always exercising his authority. Anytime there is a trial from one of these three realms, the trial is there for our good to drive us toward God who is ultimately in charge. And we can make different, um, we can respond to these acts of God differently. We see the disciples in awe and amazement, trusting in Jesus and their faith growing after the storm. But we see the townspeople in the Gergesenes say, Please leave us alone. We don't want anything to do with what you've just done after Jesus frees a man who uh, had beat up everyone who had ever tried to, um, you know, overpower him. And uh, their herd of swine that was probably a you know, decent um, source of, of their income had just run into the sea. And so not trusting in, you know, God's power to free a man but rather uh, more uh, concerned about their loss of pigs, uh, their response was, leave our shores and never come back. And so our response to God in these instances is up to us. But we need to know, we need to know that nothing is ever out of the control of God. In the office reading from this morning, we see the prophet of God confronting all of the prophets of Baal. And they set up this contest to see who's more powerful, Baal or Yahweh, the Lord. 
And it was a pretty fair contest. They set up identical altars. They killed a, a cow. And the deal was whoever's God is able to um, consume with fire, the offering is the more powerful. And Baal was not able to do that. Despite all the crying and wailing and calling from his followers, the great prophet of God mocked them saying, maybe your God's on a trip. Maybe he's asleep. What's ironic is then in the gospel this morning, we see our God on a trip traveling. We see our God asleep. But his power and authority isn't his sleep. It's his humanity that he allows to sleep in order to test his disciples. Whenever God seems to not be present, now, you know, thanks be to God, he showed up in the moment where he needed to in the story uh, with the prophets of Baal. But in other times, when we think that he should show up, where is he? Is he on a journey? Is he asleep? Well, no, despite the fact that he's retained his humanity post-resurrection, that humanity uh, has always been subject to his divinity. That humanity has worked in perfect union. So never did he go on a trip or fall asleep without his divinity uh, being in control of that. His humanity in perfect submission to his divinity, just like the son is in perfect submission to the father. And so the reason he took on flesh was to show us to show us that our humanity can be redeemed just like his, that our sleep can be blessed if we trust in God, that our travel can be blessed if we trust in God. And no matter what happens, even if our head ends up being lopped off, like our, uh, the, the apostle who authored our epistle today, I mean, that apostle is now glorified in heaven beyond anything that he could have dreamed. That's why he, seeing his, his probably his future, seeing what was in store for him, he wrote to the other churches, you have no idea what's in store for you. Everything that is a trial now doesn't compare to what is in store for you if you trust in the authority of God. But to trust in God means to take the opportunities of storms raging, of uh, unrighteous people seeming to, to win and control things. We have to trust in God in those circumstances and know that in the end, God's authority will not be trumped. He is always in charge, even when he appears to us to be sleeping and not paying attention. So that's our call to action this week. Where does God seem to be sleeping in our lives? Every one of us, I guarantee, has a place where we would prefer that God would seem to pay more attention to us. We have a need, we have a desire, we have a hope, we have something unfulfilled, we need something. Why is God sleeping? Know that it's on purpose, that he's not ignoring us. Know that he's still right there with us and that at the end of the test, we are still with, God is still with us if we are still with him. So let's react like the disciples, go through the test, cry out to him by all means, but trust until he wakes up, until he acts, that he is still there with us, never leaving us, and let our faith grow because of that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.